0: Coming up today on The Story.
2: My dad was doing witchcraft and he wanted me to be like the lead of witch doctors and witchcraft in our clan. Soon my dad found out that I was going to church and he wasn't happy at all. So he had to punish me for some days and then he told me that now it's my choice either to choose Jesus or stay with him and do witchcraft.
3: The story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, today we're once again learning about the 100% Hope Ministry and how it's providing a future and a hope to children living in Uganda. Last time, the founder of the ministry, Trishel Sayuni, shared her story. This time, we'll hear more from Trishel and from members of the 100% Hope Children's Choir, George and Tina. They'll share how they became involved with the ministry. And how they were helped out of poverty Once again, they're having a chat with Eric Scatabo In our Melbourne studios
4: Once again, that's the music of the 100% Hope Choir And Trichelle, George and Tina. Welcome back to the program Thanks very Thank much Thank you G'day mate Glad to have you. Oh, you're making me feel at home here. (laughs) (laughs) So, we're going to find out your story, George and Tina, as well. But we have to get back to your story, Chichelle. We ended right when your future husband had asked you to pray about the possibility of a relationship. Is that kind of where we left off?
1: Yeah, that's right. That was the beginning of the love story.
4: So, Fred is a Ugandan. Fred's
1: a local Ugandan. Yeah, he was our project manager. And you knew him for
4: years because you worked together on the ministry.
1: Yeah, that's right. So, from there,
4: he was the your bodyguard. We should say that.
1: <laughs> he kind was of a, my a nice bodyguard.
4: way to start a relationship. He's, you know, looking and out he's for you. He's
1: still my protector. Oh, that's beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. Uh, so from there, the crazy adventure continued, and, and it gets
4: crazier. Let me tell you, it gets way crazy.
1: Yes. So it was during our courtship stage that I was thrown in prison,
4: and now this is not. Your average romantic story. <laughs> How did that happen?
1: Well, it wasn't Fred's fault. <laughs> it oh, wasn't
4: that's Fred, that's oh, that's Fred that's me in prison.
1: So um, basically, it was another different case of corruption. And you know, when you're a white person sometimes in a mm. developing country, mm. people automatically assume that you have lots of money. So um, people basically blackmailed us that unless we paid them uh, the equivalent of twenty thousand Australian dollars, that they would fabricate a case against us. Court case, and so we obviously didn't have that money, and even if we did, we wouldn't pay it. Yeah, no, of course. And um, so, yeah, we were cornered by the police. They'd paid off the police, and we were thrown in prison for a day. When I say we, myself and um, two of our other local leaders. And we couldn't even go to the toilet when we were in prison unless our lawyer paid four Australian dollars equivalent. Really? Uh, Yeah, it was really crazy. And then, thankfully, God used um, one of our lawyer friends that we'd made there Mm. to get us out. But I was then not able to leave the country. So... Here I was meant to be coming back to Australia to get married to Fred. I couldn't leave the country. Um, we were still waiting for Hope's adoption papers to go through for her also to be able to leave the country. So,
4: we should say for people who didn't hear last time that you were planning on adopting a beautiful Ugandan daughter named Hope. Yes. So, you're in the process of that.
1: Yeah, and so at one stage, it was literally that Fred was going to be coming back to Australia by himself (laughs) without us. (laughs) Meeting the parents by himself. (laughs) But God has an amazing way of turning every situation around. So we fought that court case for seven months, and God gave us a connection to someone in Australia who heard what was happening. Mm. He had a connection to the highest level of the judicial court system in Uganda, And we put in an appeal through him, and within three days they opened up the case, investigated, found there was no evidence, and shut it straight down. And that's just how good God is.
4: Now, you have good relationships with the government in general. Is that right?
1: Yeah. God has – you know, we've had a lot of different cases of people trying to extort money. We've had where they've kidnapped a child, Mm -hmm. um, and so they're trying to get the government against us. But every time God has, you know, exposed the truth – And out of that, we have had such great relationships now with the government where they really support what we're doing.
4: Wow. I mean, here you're not doing something greedy and selfish. You're trying to help orphans and underprivileged children. You don't really need all these side distractions.
1: Well, no, it's definitely not what you sign up for. I know. When God tells Uh, you to move to the other side of the world. And meanwhile,
4: you're also trying to have a romance going on in your life.
1: (laughs) Yes, of course.
4: (laughs) When you're not in jail. Uh, (laughs) Now, we're going to get back to your marriage mm-hmm. you eventually got married but first you met a young man named George who's sitting right here Tell us about when you met him
1: yeah so I was invited to go and um, be a guest speaker at one of the local high schools and they when we got there they had organized for different dancing groups to also be there and George was leading one of the break dancing groups and it was pretty spectacular um, I never got to know his story. But I think he can probably share it with us because it'd be great for the listeners at home to actually hear from George directly. Yeah,
4: that'd be great.
1: Yeah, so it wasn't until a few months on after I'd met George that I finally got to the bottom of what was happening in his life.
2: Um, First, I'll start. Like, I don't remember the voice of my real mom Mm -hmm. because I did not get to know her because she had a divorce with my dad when I was two. And my dad got a stepmom, and that's the one I grew up knowing that she was my real mom. But one time when I was at school, the teachers came in our class and they were like, George, come out, Um, you've lost your mom. And I felt very sad because she was almost everything to me, and I could run to her in all the time. So, But when I reached home, to my surprise, she was there. And I was like, hmm, they've told me you're dead. And she was like, no, that's your real mom they are talking about. I'm oh, not your okay. real mom. So, and I was there confused. And we went to the village for a burial, and people were crying and yelling. And I was looking, I couldn't understand. I was like, mm, okay. And that's how my real mom died. And my dad was doing witchcraft. And He wanted me to be like the lead of witch doctors and witchcraft in our clan. And I wasn't happy with it because I wasn't feeling peace with Mm. it. I felt like it was something which is wrong, but because my dad was showing it to me, it it looked right. Mm. But inside me, it it wasn't right. And one time I was walking from school back to home, and I met this woman who was along the road preaching. And she was talking about Jesus, and I was like, hmm, that's interesting.
4: Had you ever heard about Jesus before?
2: Ah, uh, nope. Not, not really Jesus, but I was hearing about God. Mm. So, and I got confused between Jesus and God. And I wanted to know more about Jesus, because mm. the woman was like, if you wanna be free, if you want to be, like, well with God, you have to go through Jesus. So I tried asking her, but, the woman was not replying because she was on her business preaching, so she wasn't ready to answer questions. And weeks after I wasn't feeling well, I could, I felt like I need to know more about what the woman was talking about. And then I went to a church which was near her home. And while I was at church, I gave my life to Jesus because I got to know more about him and yeah most of my questions were answered but then i had a big 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 problem at home because soon my dad found out that i was going to church and he wasn't happy at all so he had to punish me for some days but i wasn't listening that's what he said that i wasn't listening to him and then he told me that now it's my choice either to choose Jesus or stay with him and do witchcraft. And he was like, if I choose Jesus, I leave his house. And I was wow, like... Wow,
4: so you're out on the street if you choose Jesus. Yeah. Wow.
2: Yeah, but I didn't think about that, that I was going on the street. I just was... I, I, I couldn't make it up in my head to understand what he actually meant. Hmm. And he said, hmm... I choose Jesus, and then he said, Okay, from now I disown, you're no longer my child. Wow. How old were you? I was 14.
4: 14, disowned by your father?
2: Yes. And then he said, you're no longer my child. And I lived at home for one week, but I couldn't get meals. Even I couldn't shower because he wasn't allowing me to use the water at home. I was like a stranger in my home. And so I felt uncomfortable, and I chose to go and find friends new friends to live with and by that time I didn't have any close relative to go to and I just chose to sleep out in town in Mitiana and I could just find a corner and I spend there that night and then in the morning I keep walking and then I started doing break dancing because I was feeling lonely and I felt like I need to spend my time and I'm not good at sport so I started trying out on flipping and doing other stuff so some boys came and joined me later and they were like oh we need you to teach us what you're doing it looks cool.
4: So you had no training on this you just
2: taught yourself? Yep I just taught myself I dislocated my shoulder several times (laughs) I twisted my neck once and my friend had to pull it back. Oh. And yeah, that's how I was living. And,
4: but you got good at it.
2: Yeah, I got good at it and I started teaching and uh, up to now I'm teaching. If you want to learn, I can teach you too. Oh, uh,
4: <laughs> I, th- I think I'll take a pass on that one, <laughs> but I'm, I'm happy to hear this. And then how did you eventually meet Trisha?
2: Yeah, we went at a high school because my group was getting bigger and then we were known at church because we could go there, do some break dancing and they give us money and Mm -hmm. we could use that in a week. And so they told me it would be good if we go and entertain some high school children. Mm
5: -hmm. Get a little money?
2: Yeah. And I didn't know that I was going to meet Richelle there and we went and to my surprise, there was a white woman. (laughs) And
4: Apparently that's not very common
2: there. yeah, (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, I started getting questions into my head. Like, what if this lady comes and starts talking to me? How am I going to answer? Because I was afraid. I didn't. I thought I didn't know English, and I didn't know how to reply in case she asks anything. That was my fear. I was fearing to make a mistake, and so I didn't even go to say hi to her after dancing. I just ran out with my, all my group. We just went, and we got our money. And one of my friends got a friend from. 100 percent hope and he was just learning how to dance and this boy told him i want you to come and teach us breakdance and he said "Uh oh trouble george and then i came in i started training but again frishel was everywhere moving and (laughs) (laughs) that was my Yeah, (laughs) 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 that was my worry and Months later, she started asking questions. Mm -hmm. What do you do, George? Where do you live? And I remember one time when she told me with Fred that tonight we are taking you home. And I was like, "Oh, oh. (laughs) there is no home. And I chose to take her. Oh,
4: she was going to take you to your home. Yes. But you don't have a home.
2: Yeah. And I chose to take her where we were break dancing from. And I told her, you see... Those are my friends there waiting for me. And I think you thought that was my home. You remember that time it I was? Remember. yeah. I thought
1: that you were just going for another practice. Yeah,
2: and that was where I used to spend most of my time. I could mm-hmm. be there. Sometimes I could walk up in town and then come back down there. And she later found out that I didn't have a home. I was struggling. I was trying to go back into school and. In It wasn't working out well because I needed school fees.
1: Yeah, so we have a policy that we usually take children under the age of eight, but occasionally we meet exceptions like George, and we just saw this amazing leadership in George, Mm -hmm. and he never, ever begged for money. He never begged for help, and he actually never even wanted to tell us his story as he's told you. Mm -hmm. And so um, we just felt God say to us, Pick him up and help him, and so you know our ministry is all about helping one child at a time because you can't help every child. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he's definitely been one of our success stories. So from there, we're able to put him back into school. We're able to put him into our children's home. He didn't have to worry about meals. Didn't have to worry about his education. He flourished. He's the first one that finished school through our organisation, and now he's at uni studying to be an art teacher, and will be finished in
2: eight months. Eight months. Yeah, eight months.
4: Oh, good on you, George. Yeah.
3: You're listening to The Story Today Eric Skadabo is once again chatting with Trishel Sayuni The founder of the 100% Hope Ministry in Uganda We also heard from George Who's one of the leaders of the 100% Hope Children's Choir It was great to hear his story And how he's about to finish his degree in art And we wish him well And all the best in the future. Next, we'll hear from the other leader of the 100% Hope Children's Choir, Tina. And also, Trishel will share the story of how she was poisoned while she was pregnant. All that and more when we return. If this program
0: has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1 800 Pray For Me. That's 1 800 772 936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132
3: 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. Today Eric Scatabow is once again having a chat with members of the 100% Hope Ministry. They're located in Uganda and are dedicated to providing a future and a hope to orphaned and underprivileged children. Trishel Sayuni is the founder of the ministry, and she's joined in the studio by members of the 100% Hope Children's Choir, George and Tina. Next, we're going to find out a little about Tina's background. But first, Trishel has some stories to tell about what happened after she was married to Fred from Uganda.
1: Yeah, so um, November 2014, Fred and I came back to Australia, got married.
4: So you're out of prison by this point?
1: Yes, thankfully. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, six weeks after that, fell pregnant with Destiny, who's now three and a half.
4: Now, now, I love the names of your children, Hope and Destiny. That's beautiful.
1: Yeah. They're our Jeremiah 2911 girls, Future and a Hope, so Destiny and Hope. Ah,
4: yes, yes.
1: (laughs) And then I was 16 weeks pregnant back in Uganda, and the crazy adventure gets crazier again. So um, our school cook was hired to poison me for the equivalent of $800, we later found out.
4: Who was behind all this? It
1: was actually the organization that we'd separated from. They'd lost a lot of their international funding.
4: So if the being held up by gunpoint was enough to dissuade you, if the uh, being put in prison wasn't enough to try to dampen your hopes, but now a conspiracy to poison you is another obstacle that's coming your way, what happened? What happened?
1: So, God protected us. Like, Mm. it just happened. Well, it's not that it just happened. God organized it as he does. Um, My lawyer called me and said, I need you to come to the capital city to sort out your work permit. And I said to Fred, like, he didn't ask me to take Fred, but I said, honey, you better come just in case they need you to verify that we're married, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And so, Fred was driving and the poison hit my system when we were just reached the outskirts of the capital city started having contractions, vomiting up blood, etc. thought that I was losing our baby, didn't realize I'd wow. been poisoned at that stage. Wow. And were close to a hospital, so able to get straight to a hospital. They pumped my system, checked the baby, did the drips, all that stuff that they needed to do and God protected us and our baby came out perfectly healthy and fine months down the track.
4: Wow. But I mean, just the thought of your own people were part of the plot. Yeah. I and mean, that's got to be very disappointing.
1: Of course, it's disappointing, but, you know, like in a developing country, people would do what they have to do to get Mm. money because it's just, it's survival mentality. Mm. But yeah, some, when you're at the end of it, (laughs) it's difficult. You know, there's so many times where I've wanted just to pack up and come back to Australia and especially when it has to do with your kids. Oh yeah. Yeah.
4: But what gets you through it all?
1: What gets me through is I know that God spoke to me Mm. and I have to hold on to what God told me. So he'd called me there for a purpose even after I gave birth to Destiny, like I didn't want to go back to Uganda. I wanted to stay in Australia. Life's, you know, it's safer, it's better for your children, et <laughs> yeah. Um. And that's the reality. But God said to me, I haven't finished with you yet. You need to go back. And so I had to just encourage myself and go back and keep doing what it is that God's called me to do.
4: And speaking of children?
1: Uh, yeah, we got a little surprise package from God <laughs> eight months after Having destiny and found out that we were pregnant with twins. Oh, wow. And um, they're justice and liberty, boy and a girl. So there Justice and liberty. Isaiah 61 names babies. names are something else. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we've always just prayed and asked God what he wants us to call our children. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're the names that God's given us. And
4: what is the verse?
1: Isaiah 61, chapter 61. It talks about justice and liberty.
4: Justice and liberty. Yeah. And that's not all.
1: <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> um, last year, we thought we were finished at four, but as I said, God often has different plans to us. And last year, God gave us a dream that, well, gave me a dream and showed me that um, I was holding another baby with our other four children around me and told us that this baby's name would be Miracle and that the baby would do miracle signs and wonders. And then I woke up and I told Fred the dream And Fred said to me, God told me the same thing, but I didn't want to tell you because you have terrible pregnancies. (laughs) So I asked God to tell you if if that's what he wanted. Um, So because we were coming on choir tour, we just said, God, you've got August. (laughs) So if you want us to have the baby, we've got to conceive in August. So it ties in with the tour. And yeah, so now 29 weeks pregnant. And our baby, we found out recently that our baby's not well. So she's mm. got lots of different things happening, hole in her heart, and oh, sorry um, hear a few different things. But you know, we're just—that's the reality. But mm. we're standing on God's promise of that miracle. So, yeah.
4: Well, we'll be praying, and we'll wrap up our conversation today. Maybe it'd be nice to know a little bit about the ministry. Tell us a little bit about 100 percent Hope and what it does, and then also, of course, Tina has been waiting patiently over here. We want to hear from her <laughs> as well.
1: Yeah, so basically, the heart of 100% hope, like what you said at the beginning, is to give children a future and a hope. Mm -hmm. And so through that, we just believe in holistic care. Like you can't go somewhere and spiritually disciple children, but then leave them hungry or uneducated. So, you know, our our focus is spiritual discipleship. Um, We educate kids. So we've started a school. We're up to grade three at the moment, and then we're adding one class each year to do it really effectively. Um, we've got our children's homes. We've just recently built a baby's home, so we go from zero right up to when they finish. We don't get rid of children just when they're eighteen. We want to mm. make sure they're actually taking them right through, let them go to college or uni, so that they can make a change in their families. Uh, we've got a church. We've got self-sustainable wow. projects so that we can give locals jobs. And in the future, we're going to we're planning for a medical clinic as well. Um, it's just taken off. Yeah, so since 2012, God has just blessed our ministry beyond what I could ever have imagined.
4: Fantastic. And, of course, you have a choir as well. Yes. And speaking of which, we already heard from George sharing his story. Lastly, Tina, we want to hear from you. How did you get connected with 100% Hope?
5: Yeah, my life has really been good with 100% Hope because before I joined uh, 100% Hope, My life was really a bit hard. Like I grew up with a single mother and we were five of us and she really wanted us to go to school, but she had struggles with the school fees, but God has opened a door for me. And when I joined 100% Hope, they put me back into school and now I'm living a dream of becoming a human resource manager because now I'm at the university. Wow. doing a course of human resource manager, and I'm hoping to have a job after.
4: The sky's the limit for you.
5: Yeah. I've Wonderful. already
4: offered
1: her a job. She's going to be my right-hand woman. Is that
4: right? <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. So in addition to beautiful singing in the choir, yeah. you already have a position with Trishel. Yeah. Wow.
5: Which is not easy to find. Because when you finish high school and then go to university, still you have to struggle to get a job. Mm, Most of them end up still going back to villages and struggle Mm. because jobs are not found quickly. Only
1: 33% of university students get a job straight away. Oh, wow.
5: So I'm so grateful that I can have... Tina's one of our
1: success stories. She's a woman of integrity. She loves God and she's the sort of person that I want to work in our organization. She's also, Tina and George, also mentoring younger children already mm-hmm. and doing an, an amazing job with that.
4: Well, unfortunately, uh, once again, our time has gone by so quickly, but Trishel, do you have some final comments to wrap up our chat today?
1: Yeah, I just love to leave people with something that God has put on my heart for, through this whole journey is just to know His voice mm-hmm. and to be obedient to it regardless of the cost because You know, God has called each of us to something. He doesn't call everyone to go and be a missionary in in Uganda. Mm -hmm. But whatever it is that God has called you to out there, I just want to encourage you, listen to God's voice and just be obedient to that.
4: Amen. George, Tina, any final words?
2: All I want to say to anybody listening is please never give up on what God tells you to do.
4: Amen. Tina?
5: Uh, My encouragement is no matter how hard life is God is there for you so because uh, there's a scripture that says that he predestined your life and he knew you before you were born in your mother's womb so stuck on that and he will make your your life easy and better
4: amen now I'm wanting to come visit Uganda you guys got me all excited <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for sharing all your stories
2: Thank you for having us. (laughs) And thank you for learning some local colloquialisms.
4: Some local lingo.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was the conclusion of our two-part conversation with Trishel Sayuni and George and Tina from the 100% Hope Ministry. They're dedicated to providing a hope and a future to orphaned and underprivileged children in Uganda. An appropriate verse for today, in light of how much the ministry has been growing, is Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future For more information about the ministry The website is 100-hope.org That's 100-hope.org Well thanks for joining us For more of the 100% Hope story I'm Jimmy Colfax Encouraging you to share your story With someone today hope, hope,
0: hope, hope, we will never lose hope. Next time on The Story
2: Bruce had seen in a vision a picture of a, of a shop in Broome and he described it to me and when we got there um, we found that
1: shop and it, two years later that, that shop ended up being ours um, we were able to get hold of it and they turned it into a travel agency and then we've relocated it now back to Kununurra in the Kimberley and we're running it again ourselves.
3: Bruce and Terry Connell are some of the busiest people you'll ever meet. In addition to being the directors of the Kimberley Cruise Centre, they're also the pastors of King's Church in Kununurra, Western Australia. We'll find out their story and what it's like to live and minister in one of the most beautiful places on earth. That and more next time. The The Story.
0: Just another way vision is connecting faith to life.